0: book of psalms and i appreciate once again these young people i remember the first time my pastor called on me to pray and uh, i also remember the very first time uh, i just surrendered to preach me my my brother-in-law troy had surrendered to preach uh several months before i had and i was wrestling with it and i remember we we were were uh basically i surrendered to preach uh in a morning service told the pastor hey lord's got called me to preach and i've been wrestling with that and uh, it wasn't probably a week or two weeks later that he said, all right, that's fine. You two preacher boys, y'all are preaching in the Sunday school hour. And, and, and I mean, just threw us right into it. And uh, and so uh, it was one of those things. I remember all those, those many times. But it was good for me. It was good for me. And uh, I needed that. Psalm 9, if you would, Psalm 9. As we come to this portion of Scripture, I want to preach a message as a, a reminder to us all. Brother John was just praying a few minutes ago and and i want to encourage you if if you are um in the service tonight when someone is praying join them in prayer Uh, listen to the prayer spend time in prayer while the while the individual is praying And, and one of the things he said was that we could talk of all the many things that god has done basically simply summarize just praise the lord and I want you this, this evening to think on the goodness of God in your own life. Think on the many things that He's done recently. Maybe the answers to prayer. Maybe the, uh, the dealings in your own personal life. And here's what I want to challenge every single one of us to do tonight, myself included. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Uh, you, you go and you study the Word of God, and you'll find in many different portions of Scripture that the word praise comes up. The word praise comes up because He is due all the praise. Uh, If you're seeking to praise self, if you're seeking to praise man instead of the Savior, then you're missing it. Uh, And this is one of the things we find in God's Word. Notice what the Bible says, Psalm 9. The Bible starts off, I will praise Thee. I will praise Thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all Thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in Thee. I will sing praise to Thy name, O Thou Most High. You see, Psalm 9 starts off immediately getting into the the, the heart of the matter, if you would, getting right to the point as it begins to deal with praising the Lord. And the exciting thing about Psalm 9 is it very simply picks up where Psalm 8 left off. In Psalm 8, you find at the very beginning of Psalm 8, verse number 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. That's, That's praising the Lord. Uh, that's a, it's a, it's a, a different form of, of, of expressing it, but nonetheless, it's praising the Lord. Psalm 8, he says right here, Who has set thy glory above the heavens, verse number 1. Verse number 9 of Psalm 8, the Bible says this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Psalm 9 picks up where Psalm 8 leaves off, praising the Lord for, very simply, who he is. And tonight, every single one of us, if we were to say, hey, what can we praise the Lord for? What can we praise Him about? And let's start with our salvation tonight. Every single one of us could rejoice. If you say, hey, there's not much for me to rejoice in right now, this season of life. Well, hey, let's rejoice in our salvation this evening. And let's praise the Lord that He sent His Son to die on a cross despite knowing what we would be like and who we would be like. All of the many things that make us who we are. And God saw all those many things and he saw the many sinful acts that we would partake of. He, he saw the many days in which we would fail to live out the Christian life. And he said, you know what? They're still worth it. They're still worth it. Verse number 1 of Psalm 9 starts off and it's a personal thing that we see here. This evening I want to preach a, a message on praising the Lord and why we should praise the Lord, if you would. I want to preach a message that I pray will be a help to you concerning praising the Lord. And so notice with me verse number one one more time, and then we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Notice that first phrase, four words that ought to make a lasting impact upon our lives. I will praise thee. And this evening, I pray that that will be our testimony tonight, that we will praise him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to be with us. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for the sweet spirit once again. I can't talk about it enough. Lord, it's just a a wonderful thing to be able to come to the house of God and, Lord, just really sit back and glean all that you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us tonight. Lord, as we consider the subject of praise and simply praising you, I pray that it would be something that we practice. Lord, it's one of those subjects that's very easy to preach. Lord, sometimes we don't practice it. Lord, I pray that you would help us Lord, to to think on your goodness in our own lives, Lord, as you've dealt with each of us in a personal and a specific way, I pray that we'd rejoice in the answers to prayer, uh, the many things that you've done in our home life, in our churches, and uh, Lord, what you're doing all across this nation, Lord, as we see many, many Christians and many preachers and many individuals who are getting on social media and praising you for answers to prayer and, uh, Lord, for for prayers that they've been praying for years and years, Lord, finally, them seeing those answered. Well, we thank you for our salvation tonight. Lord, I thank you for calling me to preach. I thank you for your perfect will for my life, Lord, though I might not know all what you have in store. Lord, I rejoice in the opportunity that I have to stand tonight and preach your word. I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as we get into your word, Lord, not to take it for granted. Lord, not just to look at Psalm 9 as another psalm, but Lord, that we would allow the words of your word to affect our hearts. Lord, cause us to act upon these things. Lord, to be Christians who get excited about the word of God. And Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight. Guide us and direct us, and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Yesterday, Brother Zach and I were sitting on the couch. Kelly and Jesse had gone to the store and. They were picking up a few things, and Zach and I were sitting there talking, and we were talking about uh, praising the Lord, if you were. And we were sitting there talking about this, and he was telling me that he had just heard a a preacher who was talking, very simply saying that he never wanted to allow himself to get more excited for things that are uh, materialistic, not necessarily bad things. Not necessarily things that you shouldn't get excited about, but he never wanted himself to get louder and more excited about those things than he did for his Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. And we were talking about that, and we were talking about how many times you know it's easy to get excited about all of these many things that are taking place. And you know, we'll come <coughs> to to church, and we'll we'll talk about something that is breaking news, and we'll get excited about that occasionally, and. We may stand around and talk about sports, or we might talk about the, the, the newest uh, movie that has come out, or the newest book that has been published, or we might talk about, uh, uh, you know, the new car that we're driving, or whatever the case might be, and we get excited about those things. And sometimes why it's so hard for us when God's working for us to get excited about that. God answers a prayer in a church, and sometimes we just act as though it's, it's something that's, you know, it sh- we expect it to take place. Well, God's supposed to do that. No, you just saw God do that. Praise Him for it. And we get excited about all these many things. Could I encourage you tonight that we as God's people get excited about what our Savior has done for us, what He's doing for us and what He's going to do for us. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 1 and verse number 2. As we consider this subject, I will praise thee. Notice with me, number 1, the personal reasons that we ought to praise God the personal reasons that we ought to praise God. Notice if you have in your Bible, if you mark in your Bible, I would encourage you to do this. I do this often whenever I'm uh, studying or reading in general. But even when a preacher is preaching, I try to do certain things concerning writing in my Bible that will cause me to focus and pay attention to certain phrases and words. But notice these words that are in verses 1 and 2. And notice the word I. And notice the word my, if you would. The Bible says, I will praise thee, O Lord. With, notice that word, my whole heart, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Oftentimes in our own lives, we, we find ourselves, as I go back to childhood, and there are times whenever I would be getting in trouble. Some of you may have experienced this. Some of you may have children you're in the midst of experiencing this right now, but you might be getting on to your children. We have to do this with Jackson and Holly sometimes. They're getting to that age where they're starting to fight with each other constantly. You laugh, but you know, you know what it's like. And they'll be fighting with each other, and we'll get on to one of them. Jackson, you don't do this, and he'll say, but Holly, and I'll say, Jackson, you just, you just worry about you. You just worry about you. You know know that statement. You've probably made that before, but you're, you're, you're getting onto that child and you're saying, you just worry about you. Sometimes we read the Word of God sometimes and as we're reading verses like this, we think of someone else that needs to be doing this, don't we? Oh, we read this right here. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. And all of a sudden you start to think, And that'd do so and so good to read and probably it'd do them good to to praise the Lord a little bit. Hey, can I encourage you right now? We all get to take part in this right here. It's a personal thing right here. Can I encourage you as you consider the personal reasons that you ought to be praising God, what are the personal reasons in your own personal life? If we were to take time tonight and go around this auditorium and say, hey, give me one thing that you could praise God for, it'd be easy for every single one of us to start with our salvation. But if we were to say, hey, outside of our salvation, let's get specific for just a moment. Let's, let's think about what God has really done. Let's talk about some things. And we were to go around, we'd all have something special to talk about concerning what God's done. You know why? Because I remember a message that was preached here in this pulpit right here. Brother Ricky preached a message on God being a personal God. What a joy that was. What a reminder that is. You know, there are some messages that are preached that are are one of those things that it just kind of hits you right in the head. You know, it's just kind of like it hits you right there and you say, I'm never going to forget that message right there. And can I share with you, I will never forget that statement right there that my God is a personal God. I remember that every single day that he deals with me personally. He deals with every single one of us personally. And one of the greatest things about that is he tends to each of our needs in a personal manner. You see, as he is making this statement right here, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Can I illustrate this for you for just a moment? As I am expressing this and understanding this, I could very simply be thinking of individuals. I could be thinking of so-and-so and that they ought to be, but very simply, if I were in a group of people right at this very moment, and let's just say us three went to a church meeting. Let's just say we went to a revival meeting. And we were all sitting there, and my my heart's prayer after I was sitting there, and that, that, you don't have to move those things, as I was sitting there and listening to the preacher preach, I walk into the auditorium, and I say, God, I want to listen to your word tonight. Lord, I want to get something from your word. As a matter of fact, Lord, I want to praise you for something. Lord, if you deal with me, Lord, help me to have a spirit of praise. Lord, if Jared doesn't praise you, Lord, I still want to praise you. Lord, if if this gentleman right here doesn't praise you, Lord, I still want to praise you. And if Jaden and Jared don't praise you, Lord, just know, God, that I personally want you. I'm not going to praise you just just if they praise you, but, God, you're personal to me. So you know what? Regardless of what they do, God, I'm going to praise you. And we have a spirit of praise about us. Why? Because he's going to tend to each and every single one of us personally. Let's just say we go to that revival meeting, and the preacher is preaching. And he's preaching a message, and let's just say he's preaching a message, and the message is very simply just on the Savior. That's all he's preaching. Let's just say he's just preaching on Jesus. He begins to elaborate on Jesus, and he begins to talk about how Jesus is personal. And all of a sudden, Jaden has tears that start streaming down his eyes. All of a sudden, Jared's listening to that message, and Jared's sitting there, and he has tears streaming down his eyes. All of a sudden, I'm listening to that message, and tears start streaming down my eyes. Let's just say we leave that meeting. We get in the car. Jaden's driving. tears really would start streaming by my eyes then <laughs> let's just say we get in the car and we start talking and i say jaden jared man what a what what a what a savior what a wonderful reminder we start to go around and i say man i was brought to tears and that, that message just really s- stirred me to understand how good god is to me we go around and i say hey man what, what what it what it do? How did why did it speak to you? What, what what caused you to really have those tears running down your eyes? And he begins to go on. He says, "Man, I was just reminded as he was t- preaching on the Savior that, you know, there have been some things in my life, and God's always been there for me." That's what he was dealing with Jade and then Jared. I said, "Jared, man, what caused you to have those tears running down your eyes?" And he was listening to Jared, uh, John, uh, Jade and say that, you know, he he was reflecting on God always being present. And Jared says, You know, you know, that's a wonderful thing, but you know what? That's that's not what really brought me to tears. What brought me to tears as I was thinking about my savior is that, you know, I was I was living in sin right here, and and I was reflecting as the, the preacher was preaching on, on my savior that you know what he 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 saw me where I was and he came to where I was and I was convicted in a service and I was reflecting on my salvation and that service that I had gotten saved in, and that's what brought tears to my eyes. Then they say, Hey. What caused you to cry as as you were thinking about your Savior? Those tears were streaming down your eyes too. What were were you thinking about? And I say, you know what? I've been going through quite a bit lately, and and, and I was reflecting on on a couple of answers to prayer personally that God has specifically answered recently. And you know what? As the preacher was preaching on our Savior, and he was was talking about how good God is, and what what, what all God has done, and why we ought to love our Savior, and what Jesus really means to every single one of us, that really caused me to really think about some things. And... I couldn't help but just have the tears running down my eyes. You know what's being done right there in that revival meeting as we're sitting there and tears begin to stream down our eyes? Each and every single one of us, as we're sitting there, might have been reminded of how personal God was to each of us. And tonight, this this evening, could I encourage you to reflect often on how personal God is for you? What is he doing in your life? You know, there's never a time you might think, you know, God's not doing anything in my life. No, God's always doing something in our lives. Amen. Every step of the way, you say, well, he's sure been quiet lately. Has he been quiet or have you just not been listening? Sometimes we're, we're doing so much talking. We're doing all the talking. We're saying, Lord, I, I need an answer. I need an answer. And all the while, it's kind of like children. Jackson will do this sometimes. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be saying something a hundred times and you're trying to give an answer, but you can't give an answer because he keeps going. You say, Psh- let me speak. Sometimes that's 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 how it is with us. Sometimes we're seeking an answer from the Savior. He's saying, hey, I'm trying to tell you. Hey, I'm trying to reveal it to you. Hey, I'm trying to show you. Sometimes we're not willing to listen. You know, as you think about praising the Savior and you think about living a life for Him and think about how personal He is to you, sometimes it's not always the popular thing either. We live in a, in a society... That whenever you start bringing up the name of Jesus, it's not a popular thing. Matter of fact, Jesus is the only name that offends people in religion. Now, you could talk about Muhammad, and somebody could bring up Muhammad and me. That don't faze me. You know why? Because Muhammad's still in the grave. Now, you could talk about Buddha, and, and someone could say, hey, I, I love Buddha. I, that don't bother me because he's still in the grave. But the moment you say, hey, I love Jesus, the, phew, they, get, they get upset. Why? Because it's an offense. You think about in the Word of God, it was David that was offended that no one was taking a stand. And it was David who walks into a scene and he sees that Goliath is mocking his God and Goliath is saying all of these things and all of a sudden he looks and there's a crowd right there and no one's doing anything. He walks into the crowd and he, I imagine as David is watching all those things, he begins to run through his mind all the times that God's been present to him. And all the times that he's been in that field, and helping them sheep and tending to those sheep, and he's been a shepherd boy, and he's been caring for them, and he's been spending time with his Savior, and he's been spending time just reflecting on all those many things, and those many memories come as God has dealt with him. And he says, is there not a cause? Hey, is everyone just going to stand around and not do anything about this giant mocking our God? You're not going to do anything? You're not going to do anything? I guess I will. It was Joshua who was rebuking those who were not going to live for God, and he told them to choose you this day whom you will serve. And it's also Joshua, in the midst of that rebuke, says this, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hey, We don't live in a society anymore where that's popular. That's not a popular thing to say. You you go around and you talk to some of your old friends and you, you might meet up with them and you might ask them how they're doing and they might not be in church anymore, and you say, Oh, yeah, we're serv- still serving the Lord. We're still going at it for Jesus and we're serving him. We love him. And they look at you and say, Ah, that just, you know, that's just not my thing anymore. It was Peter. Who, when they were sailing on the water, they thought they had seen a ghost. Peter was out there. He said, bid me to come on to the water. As Peter, it wasn't a popular thing. They were probably thinking he was crazy. And we like to get on to Peter because he took his eyes off of the Lord whenever the circumstances started to arise. But how many of us would have gotten out of the boat to go and be closer to our Savior? You know, you think about some of these things, and you begin to think about all that God desires to do. And then you go back to this. You know why Peter wanted to get out? Because he knew that Jesus was personal to him. You know why Joshua made that statement and said, hey, choose ye this day. You know why? Because God was personal to him. You know why Joshua said, hey, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Because God was real to him. All of the many things that we read in Scripture, it's Daniel. If you go and you look in the Word of God, it was Daniel who purposed in his heart not to defile the Lord. Why? Because God was real to him. As those boys were in the Hebrew, or those those boys were in the fire, they... We're very simply saying, hey, if, if we we walk through this and we die, well, He's still good. He's still God. Why? Because God was real to them. Can I ask you this question? When it comes to our praising of the Savior, is God real to you? It's easy to praise whenever you're excited about something. And oftentimes the reason that we forget to praise the Lord is because we've taken our eyes off of what God is doing because we're so fixated on what we desire of our selfish pleasures. We start to think about all the things we don't have and we stop to, to really think of what God has already given us. Lord, I don't have this. Yeah, but you have this. Yeah, but that, that, I'm tired of that. I want this. We stop to forget. We start to forget all of those many things and how personal He is to us. Number two, notice with me if you would, not only some personal reasons, but we see some powerful reasons. Notice what the Bible says in verse number four of this chapter here. Verse number four of Psalm number nine, the Bible says, For thou hast maintained my right hand, or my right and my cause. Thou satest in the throne judging right, thou hast rebuked the heathen, thou hast destroyed the wicked, thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. Thou hast destroyed cities, but their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. and He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Notice that phrase right there again. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou... Lord has not forsaken them that seek thee. Notice with me, if you go back in verse number 4, you see some obvious reasons of the power of God in our own lives, the personal reasons as well, but they're powerful reasons. The Bible says in verse number 4, For thou hast maintained, you know what that word maintained speaks of? It speaks of a faithful God. Every single one of us, if we were to stop and we were to pause for just a little while this evening, we'd find that our Savior has always been faithful to every single one of us. Every single one of us, in the midst of trouble, He's been faithful. In the midst of a mountaintop experience, He's been faithful. In the midst of whatever we're facing right then and there, God has always been faithful. Matter of fact, as you go and you study the Word of God, you'll find in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 3, that the Bible says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. It's in Deuteronomy 7, 9 that the Bible says, Now know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Deuteronomy 7, 9 is an interesting verse. Because as you read Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, the Bible says again there, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. But it takes it a step further. As it makes that statement that he is God, it goes on and says, the faithful God. Hey, you know why we come to understand the importance of our faithful God? Because he's the only God that is faithful. All the other religions serve a God that isn't faithful to them. Matter of fact, I remember hearing a story, and I told this recently in our Sunday school class, and I think I told it a couple years ago, but I remember reading a story whenever a gentleman was, was visiting a, a church. And he was visiting a church. I can't remember if he was invited to the church or however it happened. But nonetheless, he was coming from a religion. I believe it was Islam. And he was coming from that religion, and he was always being filled with all of these many things that he had to do. He had to pray so many times. He had to do this. He had to do all this. And I remember he ended up getting saved. He ended up getting saved, and as he got saved, he got a burden to go and to reach his family. As he got that burden to reach his family, I remember as that that story was going on, that he began to share a testimony, and he began to share a testimony, and he said, "I, I was... I really can't remember what religion he was in. But nonetheless, he said, I worshiped this God for X amount of years. And I never got anything. He said, but I've only been saved a few months and I've had my God answer prayers already. You know why? Because he's a faithful God. He's a real God. He's the only God. The one and true and living God. He's faithful. As you go and you continue reading in verse number 5, you see another word The phrase, Thou hast rebuked the heathen, Thou hast destroyed the wicked, Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. You know what that speaks of? His power. He's a powerful God. Not only is He a faithful God, but He's a powerful God. We come to understand the importance of the statement, Is there anything too hard for Thee? No. He can do all things. In every single one of our lives. When I read Psalm 78, Brother Zach and I were just talking just the other day, because I was showing him some of the things that we've recently added to our ministry here concerning this, the, the media and all that, and I showed him our podcast, and we were just kind of funneling through that, and he said, well, I guess I'm not preaching Can God here, because he saw one of the titles was Can God. I said, oh, yeah, you, know, you can do it. I was like, but, I mean, Psalm 78, that's real. He said, oh, no, that's, that's one of those messages that that's like the past. You, you, you've talked about that many times, haven't you? I was like, more than you realize. You know why? Because it's real. Can God? Yeah. Matter of fact, you know why? Because He did last week. You know why? Because He did this week. You know why? Because I, as I spent some time in prayer before I came to the men's prayer breakfast, I was praying, God, do something special in our midst this morning. Guess what He did? He did. He's faithful, but He's also powerful. In Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 16, the Bible says, For by Him were all things created. You could stop there right then and there and talk about His power. That are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Psalm 28, verse number 7, the Bible says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. Can I share with you this, this evening that He's so powerful that... For the one who's come to the church of tonight and you're struggling, he has enough power to settle your heart. For the one who's come to the house of God this this evening and you're, 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 you're really just discouraged, he has enough power to encourage you. Matter of fact, if there's multiple people who've come to the house of God and you're discouraged, he has enough power to encourage both of you. That's how powerful he is. He has enough power to do all things and he's a powerful God. And guess what? We get to get excited about that. You know what has helped me, and you know God uses individuals, God uses circumstances, God uses so many different things to get our attention. And Jackson is 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 in a in a series uh, right this very moment where he is he's fascinated by who's the strongest, and he's all about bragging on this superhero or this individual. And I think he asked Miss Sally this question a while back, and he was talking about God, and he said, "Could." could God beat, beat so-and-so up? I mean, he, He's all about God being the strongest and all those things. And he'll ask me that sometimes. And so he, he, we'll be riding in the car and he'll say, hey, God made the birds, Dad. And then we'll be looking around and, hey, God made that. And God did that. And I'm reminded so many times by a little four-year-old boy that my God did do that. It Reminds me of God's power. What He's capable of. Notice with me in verse number 7 when the Bible says, But the Lord shall endure forever. He's eternal. He's eternal. And there's coming a day when you'll be able to endure with Him. The Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared His throne for judgment. When I read verse number 7, I get excited. Because as I have conversations, and I've had conversations with individuals about other gods, I'm the only one who can tell them that, hey, my God's still living. Up from the grave He arose. And I get excited about that I, as I talk and I have conversations with individuals and we'll talk about all of those many things and we'll discuss it. Psalm 135, verse number 13 says, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. Thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And then let's really draw it home, if you would. Verse number 10, notice with me. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. As you read verses 9 and verse number 10, it begins to help us understand just how merciful our God is. I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the mercy of God. I'm thankful that in spite of who I truly am, God desires to use me. I rejoice in in spite of who every single one of us are. God intends and desires to use us. I thank the Lord that in times whenever I have failed him, he's still merciful. I thank the Lord that in times when I have failed him, he's still graceful. I rejoice in those things. And the Bible says in verse number 10, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Notice what I mean. Number three, we see some promises as we praise. In verse number 7, verse number 8, and verse number 9, the Bible says, But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness, that he shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. You know, as you read verses 7, 8, and 9, the word assurance comes to mind. The Lord gives us many times of assurance in our own lives. The word assurance means a positive declaration intended to give confidence, if you would. It speaks of a promise, if you would. And as you go and you read many of these things in verses 7, 8, and 9, you find yourself coming to a conclusion that wherever you're at, God is there. Whatever you're facing, God is present. Whatever the need is, God can supply it. Whatever the circumstances are, God is bigger than those circumstances. Just a few weeks ago, as we had our family Sunday, I'd say a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, as we had our family Sunday, it was the Lynch family that got up and saying, my God is big enough. What a powerful reminder that was. As you're sitting there and you're listening to a family and you've got two young boys and a teenage girl talk about their God being big enough, can I remind you tonight that he's big enough for anything you're facing? Amen. And as a matter of fact, whatever struggle you find yourself in, he's already known about it. Matter of fact, he knew about it before you even got to it. And he's already on the other side seeing what he's going to do. Our God is so good. And as you read this portion of Scripture, I want you to notice one more time, verse number one. Here's where it comes to a boil. Here's where it comes to a point. Here's where we get to the point of the whole purpose of this message. And you know he's good, you know he's personal. You know He's powerful. You know He's mighty. You know that He's strong. You know that He's merciful. You know that He's graceful. Verse number one starts out, I will praise thee. Tonight you know all of these things, but are you going to praise them? Matter of fact, when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to be reminded of all of those things, but are you going to praise them? Matter of fact, on Tuesday and on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, next Sunday, the rest of the days of our lives, we know these things, but will we praise them? See, the Bible says one more time, I will praise thee, O Lord. He doesn't say with just a little bit of his heart. He doesn't say just occasionally. But he says, with all or with my whole heart, I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. At the end of verse number one, the statement is made I will show forth all thy marvelous works. It speaks of a testimony. God's people need to talk about our God more often. What He's doing in your life. You know, I I get a thrill whenever someone in the church comes to me and tells me that God has answered a prayer, that God has met a need, that God has done something specific. I get excited when I hear of another Christian who is rejoicing in what God has done. I get a thrill out of those things. But can I encourage you, take it personal and do it yourself as well. Don't only look at what God is doing in their lives, tell people what God is doing in your life. Praise Him this evening. I will praise the O Lord with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, you're a wonderful Savior. Lord, as I look back in my own personal life and I think of where I was, Lord, the life that I was living, the mindset that I had, the goals that I had set, the path that I was on, and then you came along. Lord, you changed my mindset. You set me on a better path. You showed me all that you had for me. You revealed some things in my life that you had intended. God, you've continued to do that every step of the way. Lord, it's not always easy, but you're always present. Lord, I thank you for that. And I thank you for loving every single one of us in a personal manner. Lord, I thank you for the blessings. I thank you for the trials. I thank you for those times whenever I've been brought to my knees and the only thing I knew to do was to run to you. Lord, what a powerful reminder that, Lord, we need to live our lives with you and for you every step of the way. Lord, we need you. Lord, help us to die to self and not be confident in our own flesh. But to understand that, Lord, you desire to bless us, you desire to work in our midst. I pray that you would be with those who are hurting tonight, Lord, that you'd encourage them and comfort them. Lord, those who need a miracle in their own personal life, Lord, I pray that you would answer. Lord, those who are struggling, I pray that you'd strengthen them. Lord, draw us all back unto you. Help us to reflect on the many things that you've done and what you desire to do. And Lord, help us to commit, Lord, to living for you. Lord, it's not enough to say we started well. as we were reminded in our Sunday school hour, Lord, that we would finish well. Lord, help us to run this race. And Lord, to be serious about it. Not to take any days off. But every single day, praise your name. Help us, Lord. This verse number one of Psalm 9 starts out with the very personal word, the word I. I claim, and Lord, I pray that we'd all claim that statement. I will praise thee. Lord, that we do it. would help us take it personal tonight and to praise you. And we'll thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we do pray.